Hey there, it's Shannon Ray, original and tribute artist. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast with your host, Steve Brittingham. Hi, this is Carrie Genzel, actor, producer, writer, and creator of stateofslay.com. Slay, in this case, being an acronym for self-love, appreciate you. State of Slay is a blog that I created documenting my journey from the darkness of depression to living in the light today and focusing on the positive. It is a safe place to encourage one another and walk together as we find empowerment and self-love. I hope you'll join me on my blog, stateofslay.com, where we walk and slay together. Slay on. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Clips appear courtesy of American Idol and ABC Television. And the songs I Knew This Would Happen and Midnight Fire appear courtesy of Ryan Harmon. Hello, friends and listeners. This is host Stephen Brittingham. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. As host, I strive for meaningful interviews. Thank you for listening. It's so nice to have you here. My special guest today is acoustic guitarist and singer Ryan Harmon. He loves country music with all of his heart, but in many ways, one could also describe his music as Americana. Millions of viewers of ABC's American Idol, which just happens to include myself, watched as Ryan Harmon was featured on an extended audition segment that aired on March 1st. Judges Katy Perry... Luke Bryan and music icon Lionel Richie were all impressed with not only his music, but his appealing personality and presence. Howdy! How What's y'all doing now? You have been waiting a very long time. I sure have, but that gummit, it's worth it. Oh, great. <laughs> that gummit? He, he does a better dead gummit than that. I was going to say. That's how we do it in Arkansas. What can I say? Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh, you have a little whistle, too. Can Perfection you, takes time. I just, <laughs> can you say shoo-wee? Shoo-wee? That is right. Like, there you go. That needs to be a ringtone. Now, tone. if my voice gets blown out after that, can I blame it on you? Or? You were born to say shoo-wee. I'm sure you got a million shoo-wees in you. <laughs> I got plenty. Well, tell us who you are, where you're from. I'm Ryan Harmon, 24 years old, from Lamar, Bag Alley, Arkansas. <laughs> and I'm just tickled to be here. Bag Alley, Arkansas? Bag Alley, Arkansas. Oh, Bag Alley. <laughs> No, it's Golly, Arkansas. He you just lives right by Golly, Ar- never mind. Oh, is it by Golly? <laughs> so what do you do for a living? Come on, help me out here a little bit, Ryan. Well, I work at the local PBS station there in Conway, Arkansas, and just started a new podcast called Country Fried, what? all about country music, so we're going to get you on there. There you go. Don't fry uh, me too bad. <laughs> <laughs> who do you listen to? I mean, who are your, who are your people that you follow? Musically? Musically. Yeah. Well, one of the guys you just saw, Sean Camp. How about that? All right. Pass One of my favorites. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do for us today? I'm going to play y'all a song that I wrote uh, that's uh, hopefully going to be on the next Luke Bryan album. Sell <laughs> <laughs> so hey, that I hope song. It is. I hope it is. Name it and claim it. Uh, 
Let us hear it, man. It's called I Knew This Would Happen. Here we sit. All alone Without a single word to say There was a time when that's how we'd want to be Slow dancing while the music plays Darling, won't you tell me What could it be? Words must be too hard to find Everybody goes through this Something we just can't fix We're just wasting precious time So if you're gonna leave me now Tell me is it worth the pain Tell me do your tears fall like a rain Going through with this, could we settle for one last kiss? Well, honey, I saw it coming, but that don't make it right. I knew this would happen, just didn't know it'd be tonight. All right, nice. All right. Ryan joins me to discuss his American Idol audition experience, including his interesting conversation with contestant consultant Bobby Bones that aired on Idol shortly before Ryan's audition. From his early days performing at the 2009 Arkansas-Oklahoma State Fair to his life today, Ryan will be sharing with you his Idol experience, his music and albums, and even his own adventures as a podcast host of Country Fried. I love that title, and let me tell you, I was very impressed with the job that he did. Outstanding. He has a new single titled, I Knew This Would Happen, and it is absolutely fantastic. Ryan Harmon, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond, my friend. Steven, my friend, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, man. This is going to be fun. It sure is. You are most welcome. So nice to be speaking with you today. You know, after I saw your audition on American Idol, the very next day on that Monday, I wanted to reach out to you and invite you to be a guest here on the show because I found you to be a very interesting, sincere, and talented individual. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that, man. You are most welcome. Where are you joining me from today? I am joining you from, as I said on the show, Lamar by golly, Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You sure are. And here I am hosting the show, uh, Hollywood and Beyond, in my hometown of Cincinnati. So this is just going to be so much fun. And thank you once again for this wonderful opportunity. I'll, thank you, man. Are you kidding? I love doing this. This is going to be great. <laughs> well, before we discuss your your fun-filled American Idol experience on Season 3 over there on ABC, how did all of that actually start for you to become a, a, cont- a possible contestant and to even have an audition to be on American Idol? 
You know, I fell backwards into the whole deal, uh, the, the way that it started. I had never really thought very seriously about doing a show like that before just because I didn't really think I'd be a good fit. You know, I, I've always been more of kind of a singer-songwriter, and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, it just really depends. And But American Idol, over the last few years, it really does seem like they've kind of embraced singer-songwriters a little more than other shows. And I, I don't mean that to say anything bad about any other shows, but it just seems like they've, they've kind of opened that door a little more, which is great because you get so many people like, uh, you, you hear so much about uh, Alejandro from last season that just absolutely blew up, and, and that's kind of what he was doing. So uh, uh, it, it was certainly, I think, maybe the right time to do something like that. But the way it came up was actually... A little bit of a funny story. Uh, so when I was working for Arkansas PBS, we were having a, a meeting at the station uh, for the Ken Burns Country Music documentary that aired in uh, 2019. And uh, we had a whole bunch of people from the Arkansas country music world come together and just kind of bounce ideas off of each other about things we might be able to do locally uh, to surround that documentary. And one of the guys was a friend of mine named Nathan Honeycutt who, along with Charles Haynes, uh, puts on the Arkansas Country Music Awards each year. And they do a great job and really give a great platform for Arkansas country artists that we've never had before, quite frankly. And in the middle of the meeting, Nathan said, oh, by the way, if anybody knows someone between the ages of, I think it's 16 and 28, it, it may be 15, but I, I think it's 16, 28, somewhere close to there. Uh, if, if they would like to audition for American Idol, the producers have asked me to submit some names. And everybody that worked with me just turned like clockwork, just turned and looked right <laughs> at me. <laughs> <laughs> they were thinking of you, weren't they? They, they were. And uh, a buddy of mine who's a great songwriter named Kenny Drain, he, he immediately did the <clears throat> Ryan Harmon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, you know, that, that was... Uh, that, that that was pretty flattering, but uh, I wasn't really thinking about it when when they did that. I just you know kind of said, "Oh, thank you," which is about the most intelligent thing I can say in a situation like that. But uh, uh, a, a little bit later, uh, my boss and uh, one of my coworkers actually uh, cornered me in the hallway and said, "You're not going to pass this up. You're going to do this. You, you don't get opportunities like this very often." And uh, so to to have your boss especially telling you that you need to do that, first of all, you know you're not going to have to beg for time off because she's on your side. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That helps. But, you know, and, uh, uh, well, and I, I, I guess I can, I can shout them out. Uh, Julie Thomas and Katie Culpepper, they, they really were uh, just so supportive in this and just really wanted me to have this opportunity. And they, they knew that, I was kind of leaning towards not doing it. So they, uh, they, they talked me into it. And, and with that support, that was really the push I needed to say, well, give it a shot. You know, who, who knows? It's, it, it's worth a chance at least. And so, uh, Nathan passed on my phone number to the producers and a few weeks went by and I didn't hear anything. And so I thought, you know, well, I'm, I guess, you know, I guess they weren't interested. So, uh, you know, we, we, we do what we can and, who knows? Maybe some other time they might be interested. And then a few days later, 
I get an email from Nathan. He said, hey, man, I want to make sure I've got the right phone number for you on file because they want to give you a call. And when I actually got that call, I was playing at a birthday party for a friend of mine's mother-in-law. And uh, you know, we were just there just having a good time and uh, playing country music and eating cake. You can't get a much better combination than that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, I ended up getting a call uh, in the middle of the of the party and had my phone on silent, so I didn't hear it go off. And Once it was over, I got out to the car and checked my phone, and I had this missed call, and it was a California number. Now, normally, I would think telemarketer, but it kind of went through my head of, well, wait wait, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, These these folks are in California, so maybe I ought to call that number back. And so I I called them, and and sure enough, it was Peter Cohen from American Idol. And uh, we just had a great conversation, hit it off right away. And and really, the, the way that he spoke to me about the show and what they were wanting to do and why they were why they were interested in me that really kind of made me see the whole thing in a way that I hadn't seen it before you know and he he really uh made it clear that they were looking for somebody who was you know doing something that you don't necessarily see every day and and they wanted to give other people a chance uh, and I, I really appreciated that. And one thing that he didn't have to do that he did was he did a lot of research on me before he had called me. Uh, because w- what I was asked to do was submit three videos of cover songs. Uh, and, and then they would watch those and decide if they wanted to have me out to audition or not. But what he did is he went out and actually listened to uh, some some music I had released myself, uh, songs that I had written. And so he, he already knew about all of that. And he actually encouraged me to play an original song if I wanted to. He said, man, you know, you, you can do covers if you want, but if you want to play originals, we would sure love to hear one, uh, which that, that meant a lot too, especially as a songwriter. And it turned out that he wanted me to come out a couple months later to Nashville and, and do a private audition in front of all the producers, which uh, for, for those who don't, really know much about the American Idol thing, what they normally do is what they call open call, where anybody can show up and, uh, well, in, in that age range, of course, and anybody can show up and audition, and there could be thousands of people that show up, just to, you know, depending on what city and what the size of the crowd is. But uh, this was a, a more limited group of people that they had for this particular audition. And I got to tell you, I didn't think I was going to get through that. I, I just thought that, you know, well, I'm I'm here. This will be something cool that I can say that I did, and it's, mm-hmm. it's nice to be asked, but I don't think it's going to necessarily go anywhere. So when it came time for me to actually go in and audition, I just thought, well, just have fun with it. Just go in there and, and just have fun and talk with everybody and play some music and maybe pass out some business cards and who knows. And I, at first I played a Chris Stapleton song called Midnight Train to Memphis. And when I got done with it, they said, all right, sounds really good. Now, did Chris write that one? And I said, yes, he sure did. They said, ah, well, you're going to have to pick something else because we we can't use his music currently. (laughs) Oh, I see. (laughs) Yeah, which, you know, that that happens a lot uh, with the licensing stuff. So uh, they they said, are your parents here? And I said, yeah, they are. And they said, okay, well, I'll tell you what, go, go grab them real quick. And think of another song 
and come back in and do another song. So I went out and, and grabbed my parents, came back in, and we visited with them for a little bit. Uh, so that, then I played Travis Tritt, I'm Gonna Be Somebody, which Travis Tritt's one of my favorite artists and uh, just a huge influence on me. And when I got done with that, uh, they looked at me and they said, okay, we think we're going to send you to have some fun with our celebrity judges and play in front of them. And the only thing I could really think to say was, okay. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was really shocked that I didn't think that it would go that far. Um, so it, it ended up being a week and a half later in Savannah, Georgia, which I had never been to before. I'd never flown on a plane, you know, anywhere I'd gone, I'd just, you know, always drive there. Uh, so it was definitely a new experience, but, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's the background of how it came up. I, I've probably been talking for half an hour. You'll, you'll have to forgive <laughs> me. Sometimes it's hard for me to shut up. <laughs> I have enjoyed every moment and I have no doubt that the listeners are as well. That was a, a terrific description. It really gave a, a, a front and center view of, of, of what it would be like to even audition for the judges. So thank you for taking us on that journey. Uh, you know, what stands out of my mind is when you mentioned that, you know, I'm not really sure this is probably going to go very far, but I'm going to show up anyway and just see what happens. And you know what I have learned over the years, Ryan, uh, speaking uh, for myself as an actor and artist and uh, a writer, and that is that, you know, sometimes those are when the most wonderful things happen, because if you don't show up and try, then you're never going to know what kind of results you could have had. Absolutely. You know, if you don't try, then you're going to fail every time. It sounds simple, but it's true, isn't it? Absolutely. I'm a big <laughs> believer in that. Well, you take this plane ride, and that was your first plane ride. What was that experience like for you? I got to tell you, I'm spoiled now. I, <laughs> I, I love it. Being able, to, being able to get to the other side of the of the country, well, it's, you know, not from Arkansas. It's not as far as if you're going from like California to Georgia, but, uh, you know, that, that was like a 14 hour drive that we condensed into about three hours worth of plane ride altogether. Man, I, I'm, I'm pretty spoiled to that now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's going to be hard to make those long drives now, but of course there's, there's some places where, you know, with being in Arkansas, you got to go to little rock, but you can't really get a, a direct flight. Uh, anywhere, so it's you, you, you got got to do the uh, connecting flight thing. So there are some places where it ends up being just a little bit shorter to drive than it is to fly. So uh, I, I won't won't be able to make that too bad of a habit. But uh, yeah, I got I got to tell you, and you get free soda. I mean, who who can ask for anything better than that? Free soda. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good deal. And I have been through your beautiful state, Ryan, many years ago. As a young man, uh, headed to California to pursue my dreams of acting, and I drove all the way across the country from North Carolina to Los Angeles, uh, Route 40. So 40, most of the way, and of course, that took me right through your state as well. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. And I still remember it uh, very fondly. I really enjoyed driving through Arkansas. Well, you arrive uh, to Savannah. What was your thoughts of Savannah when you arrived? You know, I had heard about it from so many people, uh, including people at work. They said, have you ever been to Savannah before? And I said, no, never even been to Georgia. And they said, oh, you're going to love it. It's so beautiful. And 
I'd heard about, you know, all the, the Spanish moths and everything and the, the beautiful downtown area, which is where the audition was. It was at a hotel downtown called the Perry Lane Hotel. Uh, and uh, the funny thing was I tried to uh, try to get a room at that hotel, and the whole thing was sold out. And I thought, oh, no. well, makes sense. that I, I thought, well, they, they probably just uh, rented out the whole hotel for the show. I, you know, I didn't think about that. Turns out, no, it was just sold out from people who just wanted to stay there. <laughs> oh, I see. So it wasn't the, necessarily because funny, of Idol. It was just in general. They were busy. <laughs> absolutely. The, the funny thing was seeing all the people who had no idea what was going on, and they were just trying to get back to their rooms. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess you found a room somewhere. Yeah, well, and not too far from there. You know, in, in the uh, around the downtown area, there are uh, a lot of pretty good hotels, so... Uh, we ended up, uh, I think, over at uh, one of the Hampton Inns or, or something like that. But we we eventually found a place. Uh, awesome. But but yeah, coming into Savannah at first, you know, leaving the the little airport there, which was a really nice airport. Uh, I, I say that mostly because they had that. Uh, uh, what's what's that ice cream shop that they have there in the. Savannah that I like so much. I like it so much. Can't remember the name of it. Wow. Boy, I'm just doing great. I, before. I love ice cream. <laughs> I love ice cream. So you probably need to tell me the name of that shop so I can uh, uh, go in there if I'm ever in Savannah. Well, I, I've got Google. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're ever in the Queen City, uh, I strongly recommend uh, stopping into a Grater's ice cream shop. You, you can thank me later, Ryan. I, well, I'll thank you in advance because if I ever make it there, I'm going to for sure do that. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like you, I'm I'm all about good ice cream too. It's the good but, stuff. Uh, let me tell you. Absolutely, but you know <laughs> when we got there, and I was just amazed at how beautiful everything was there. You know, and it, it was just like people had described. And man, I I got to tell you, I, I've uh, I had somebody ask me the other day if I was ever going to perform in Georgia, and I said. Man, after spending some time in Georgia, I can't wait to play in Georgia. So <laughs> hey, that is it, it was wonderful. Just really a, a beautiful area. But uh, you know, on on audition day, of, of course, a lot of people don't necessarily think about this, but it takes a long time to Leopold's. That's the ice cream shop. Oh, I knew okay, I'd get great. it eventually. Hey, I'm gonna yeah, look it, into I, that. Thank you. Best ice cream I've ever had. Oh, so wow. that'll that'll at least be a starting point. Now the place you're talking about might be better. I've never been there. But, uh, <laughs> well, hey, it, you let me know if you're if you ever try graders, you can compare both and let me know. And and if I get to do the same, I'll let you know. Sounds good. Well, maybe we'll make an episode out of that. We'll we'll just do the ice cream comparison. Hey, I'm all for it. <laughs> you, it sounds <laughs> awesome to me. <laughs> I'm in all the way. <laughs> Well, now your nerves but, uh, on, on on your audition date when you woke up in the morning. Did you recall feeling, you know, a, a, a little extra bit of the case of nerves, so to speak, or were you pretty calm and just kind of ready to go? I, I was pretty calm and and just ready to, like, like I said before, they uh, showed my audition in the in the pre interview. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those guys who's been in country music all my put together. So let's get it done. You know that that was kind of the, which I I stole part of that quote from a guy named Jimmy Doyle, who's kind of an Arkansas country music legend. Uh, that I, I just love that quote. I've been in country music all my put together. So I I stole that for <laughs> national television. Nice. And so far he he doesn't seem to mind. I guess I hope. But 
<laughs> so I'm sure he but, does. But yeah, I, I, I really wasn't all that nervous. The only thing I was a little concerned about was uh, leading up to that for about a week or so, I'd actually had a pretty bad cold and had finally gotten over the cold, but it takes my voice a little while to kind of get back to where it was, even after I'm, you know, even after I'm not sick anymore. I just sound really sick. <laughs> but uh, uh, leading up to that, the day that we left, I, you know, I still couldn't really sing that much. I, I, I could talk, but couldn't get through many songs. And uh, the next day, I went in and did the, uh, the interview that you saw before the audition, which uh, it's you know one one thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is when you have that many contestants, and I, I think they had seventy over the course of two days in Savannah. Uh, so, but uh, they got to get a wide variety of footage from all of the contestants, so it, it takes a long time to get that. So even splitting it up to thirty-five each day it's still going to take a long time to get all the footage that they need to put the show together. Yes. So, uh, we went in the day before to do, uh, the interview that you saw. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I got through that. I think my voice only cracked a couple of times during the interview and they, they were nice enough not to show that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is very courteous of them. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, but they, they were just really cool. And I, I really just, appreciated how great everybody on the staff was just really cool people and easy to work with and you know they they didn't didn't give off any kind of a of a uh, you know I'm better than you vibe or anything like that for you know for lack of a better term you know it, it was just really it, it was kind of like you were hanging out with your friends, sort of. You know, I, I really appreciated that. But uh, And some of these people had been with the show since day one, so it was interesting to, to hear wow. some of the stories about their experiences over the years. And, sure. Uh, the guy who was interviewing me was from Oklahoma, so we, we were able to compare notes a little bit, so that, that was a lot of fun. But uh, after the interview was over, uh, went back to the hotel and tried to, run through a few more songs and, and try to figure out exactly what I was going to play. And I, I was doing okay the, the day before. And then the day of, thankfully, I was doing okay enough that I could actually make it through the songs. So uh, oh, that's that, that was that was a lot better. So that, that kind of eased me a little bit, knowing that my voice was sort of back, at least enough to get through a couple of songs, you know, so... Uh, and the the ones I had picked, of course, my original song, I Knew This Would Happen, is the one that uh, I ended up playing. But uh, my backup songs were Honky Tonk History, which Luke Bryan actually had written for Travis Tritt. Nice. And, uh, yeah, and, and I, I thought maybe that would score me some kind of points to, you know. For, <laughs> Whatever helps, right? For, Strategy. <laughs> absolutely. For, for him to know that I, I, that I knew that song. Because uh, it wasn't necessarily a radio single, but uh, I've always loved that song. Uh, and my other song, this is really going to throw everybody for a loop because they're not going to think I would even know this song. But uh, Michael Bolton, How Am I Supposed to Live Without You? was yes, my, uh, yes. that, that was my acapella choice. Well, that would have been a which, very I, interesting choice for you. I would never have expected that. Well, and, and you know, I love Michael Bolton. I, I know contrary to... Uh, some of the the jokes you might see on the internet of uh, you know like the, the the whole office space thing and all that kind of stuff. Right. You know, right. Michael Bolton's just a tremendous singer and just uh, a really sure, great songwriter sure. too. I I think he kind of 
never really got his credit as being a great songwriter. But I, I completely uh, agree. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. Str- strong voice. Yeah. Strong voice and full of feeling. Absolutely. So th- those were my picks for my songs. And, of course, they don't, to my knowledge, they don't really ever get in a situation where they ask for all three. I think usually they just ask for two if they ask for any extra. Uh, but I, I, I was kind of going back and forth between do I play the Honky Tonk History song or do I play the original song? Uh, and when it came down to it, I thought, you know, if I'm going to do this, I sound like what I sound like. I play like what I play like. And so if I do a cover, maybe I get through to the next round, but maybe I don't. You know, if I just do a cover, if it's not anything that, you know, shocks the world at all, then maybe they don't even use the footage. I mean, who knows? Whereas if I do an original song, at least that is even more myself. You know, it's, it it truly is me being me more than any other situation could be, you know, because it's me going on there, being who I am and, and playing the way that I play and singing the way that I sing with one of my own songs. And it was kind of the thing that I would rather fail with, one of my own songs, then maybe su- succeed with uh, with the cover song, which I know that's, that sounds really weird, and uh, I like that it. may not actually be what I mean now that I think about it. <laughs> well, I think I know what you're trying to say. You, you're trying to be uh, true to your own artistry and, and even take some chances, you know, take some risks, and I really admire that uh, approach you have. Well, and, uh, you know, that was really... Being a singer-songwriter, I really thought, you know, I've got a chance here to maybe put myself out there as a songwriter, whereas, you know, again, with a cover, if I didn't make it through to the next round after playing a cover, like I said, they may not have even shown the footage at all. But it seems like uh, they've really kind of opened that door, like I was saying earlier, for more singer-songwriters to come through and, and kind of have that spotlight. So. I thought, and especially since they had encouraged me so much, uh, the producers encouraged me to do an original song, and I actually played that for them at the the Nashville audition after they had put me through. I said, well, let me play a little bit of this song for y'all and see what you think, and and they loved it. So that that ended up, I think, being the perfect decision for me. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, the response to that song has been incredible. I I just never in a million years did I expect this. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're most welcome. You deserve the recognition, and that is just wonderful. That's one reason why I wanted to have you as a guest was to to continue the spotlight on you, Ryan, and I'm so happy to do so today. And you mentioned that you, of course, had this long waiting period before entering the room where the judges are. I have to tell you, I think American Idol was a very high-quality show. It's so enjoyable. I love music, Ryan. I think you can probably pick up on that. And I think of American Idol as a journey. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it, it's a journey from the auditions all the way to Hollywood Week, you know, and, and then you just go from there and you keep going till you have a winner. And, and I find that process very fascinating. But when you were standing there right in front of the judges and they're looking right at you and here is your big moment, what were you thinking at that moment? You know, it was really weird because when you, up until that point, 
uh, I had been there probably about 12 hours before I actually went into audition. I was one of the last that they took that day. Oh, uh, and I, I went in right really after uh, a long time. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, like, like I said, it takes a long time for them to get all the footage that they need yes. with everybody. And, uh, thankfully there was a, a pretty good little pizza place just right across the <laughs> alley there. So it, everybody was going over there and getting oh. pizza and salads and all kinds of stuff. Only thing was, uh, and they didn't show this on there. Not that I would have minded because it's, you know, I, I don't really care. I thought it would have been kind of funny, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, they, they didn't serve it by the slice or anything, and you couldn't get like a small or a medium. They just oh, had man. just one big pie. That's all you could get. Wow. Uh, that's, the, that's the only size that they had. So here I am eating a four-cheese New York-style pizza, oh, and my. here comes Ryan Seacrest in to film his first <laughs> scene saying hello to the contestants. And a, a friend of mine named Ariel got a great shot of uh, Ryan Seacrest talking to all the contestants, and he was standing right by me, and I had a big bite I had just got. So there I am with my mouth full of pizza, just <laughs> looking over at him while he's talking. <laughs> That's a great story. But, but yeah, like you were saying, uh, you know, going into the audition room, even leading up to that, I kind of thought, well, you know, once we get in there, if, if we need to film anything twice or three times or whatever, we'll do that. But they don't do it like that. You know, once you actually get to the audition room, everything that happens is almost exactly the way that you see it on TV. You know, they didn't cut out very much at all. It's showtime. Uh, so that, that was it? about, a absolutely, that was about as long as it was. And uh, so getting up there and just getting ready, and they you know, got some footage of me just kind of pacing in front of the door, which I don't think that they showed that either. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like I said, it's they, they, they don't cut out very much when it gets to that point because you're not there for very long. Once you're actually at the audition room, uh, well, so they sure warmed up to in you there. right away when you uh, when you entered the room and started speaking. Uh, I, I really thought that was great. That was a good start for your audition. Yeah, it was. You know, and I kind of thought they would because, especially so many people on staff had told me that day, Luke's going to love you because he he's yeah. going to look at you and say, "My people, finally, <laughs> <laughs> finally, someone from my Just camp." And exactly. There weren't a whole lot of country folks there that day, but yeah. just enough to where we could have a good time. But uh, I actually went in right after Lauren Massetti, uh, which I, I ran into her and her fiance, Sean Camp, who I've known a little bit over the years. And uh, we hung out over the weekend, which Sean's from Arkansas, too. I, I don't know that they mentioned that on the show, but uh, you know, just, just getting that many Arkansans in the same building. I don't know if that was the best idea or not, but we sure had a good time. I ate some of those uh, hotel snacks. I don't know if we were supposed to have those, but <laughs> we sure had a good time with it. <laughs> Why not? It's a special day. And, uh, well, when you uh, performed your song and, and after it was over, you know, you didn't get the ticket to go to Hollywood. But it was still a very positive outcome. They were very uh, much full of, of praise and encouragement in fact they all three basically were telling you that they felt you should continue your music and also to eventually perhaps try your hand in nashville and, and that had to make you feel really good and ryan i have to add i was really impressed with the way you handled that whole situation so uh very well done well thank you and you know really uh this this kind of answers your question before uh it was hard to tell because normally when you're playing a song, 
you can look at the look on somebody's face and get an idea of if they like it or not. And in that situation, when I walked in, you're, you're quite a ways back from the desk and it looks a little closer on TV than it really was. I, I was okay. a little ways back. Of course, then again, I was told years ago I needed glasses. So maybe that was more of a, maybe I was a little farsighted. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been an issue. <laughs> but, <then. laughs> it, it could have been very well, but, uh, and the, the way they had everything lit up, it was like I was watching TV instead of being on it. So it was, it was a really oh, wow. weird thing, but, uh, you know, with the, as, as, well lit as it was and everything when i was playing the song it was kind of hard to see what their facial expressions were you know and uh, not not that i was paying a whole lot of attention to that but just kind of as a curiosity i was kind of looking up and seeing if i could get any vibes or you know if you know if i see any of them lean over to the other and say this guy sucks <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh but any uh, clues I, could, right. I couldn't see yes. yeah <laughs> But I couldn't see anything like that, and you know, when when it got done, uh, Luke put his head, or he already had his head down for a second, and I heard him sigh, and uh, I thought, uh oh, here we go, and <laughs> he he looked up and he said, "Are you writing these songs by yourself in Arkansas?" And I said, "Yes, sir," and I was I was wondering where he was going with it. Uh, of course, that was what you saw on on the show. And you're 24. Have you ever considered moving to Nashville? And I said, Well, yes, sir, I have. And I thought that his next thing was going to be, Well, you're not quite there yet. But instead, he said, What's holding you up? And that kind of just blew me back, you know, because his his reaction, like you said, was, You need to do this. You need to go to Nashville. You need to be writing these songs, and you need to just work it there. You know, you, you need to pursue that career. Uh, and, uh, and, and Katie agreed and, and Lionel really backed up what Luke said. And that, that quote that he said, you can circle the pond, but one day you got to jump in the water. Man, I, I got to tell you that that really meant a lot. And especially it meant a lot from all three of them because they've all three been where I want to be, yes. but man, it's, and I, I think the other two would probably agree with this. Lionel Richie is just kind of a cut above everybody else. You know, he, he's always been one of the most respected artists in music. He's been one of the most consistent artists in music. You never really hear anybody talk bad about Lionel Richie, you know, and he didn't get a lot of bad reviews. So uh, just to, to have three people who have been there and done that, uh, that telling you that you need to pursue a career in music at all, albeit in Nashville instead of Hollywood, which makes sense because, you know, the country music doesn't really come out of Hollywood a whole lot. Now, there is some really good California country music, but uh, not necessarily from Hollywood. It's usually more uh, you know, Bakersfield and, and places like sure. that. But, you know, Nashville is just kind of where it is right now. You know, you either got to go to Nashville or Austin, usually. It's but, the Hollywood uh, that, that for country music. Nashville is. That's one way to look at it. Well, that's a good point. That is a really good I point mean, because you Nashville has grown tremendously. Yes. And I just want to add, if you don't mind, that I completely agree with your comments on Lionel Richie. I grew up in the 80s, Ryan, and Lionel was, even though he had been doing music before the 80s, of course, it was such a huge part of that decade. So many incredible and 
and just outstanding songs. I always found his voice so appealing. I enjoy his style. He's got a lot of feel-good music, but boy, he's got a lot of uh, uh, romantic and deep-feeling songs as well. Outstanding artist. And to me, he is the veteran man on that show. And I always feel if he gives advice or suggestions to contestants, they better be paying attention because that man has probably seen it all. Well, and that's exactly what was going through my mind because, you know, he's one of the few artists that as a solo artist was able to transcend his band. You know, there, there are a lot of solo artists who kind of always have their band attached to them. You know, when David Lee Roth left Van Halen, he was always known as David Lee Roth, formerly of Van Halen. Yes, when Lionel Richie moved on from the Commodores, he wasn't Lionel Richie, formerly of the Commodores. He was Lionel Richie. He was Lionel and that Richie. And there, there are probably a lot of people, especially my age, who don't even know that he was in the Commodores at one point. You uh, are correct. Just like there, and just like there are very few people like that, and I think one of the only other ones that I can think of would probably be Phil Collins. You know, there are probably oh. a lot of people, especially yes. my age, who yes. don't know that he was in Genesis. There you know, you because he was that successful on his own. Uh, and that's that's just rare in this business. So to have somebody like that giving you advice and giving you that kind of encouragement, and especially when he said it's an optimistic no because you got it, that really blew me away. I, I he, never expected that. You You knew he was sincere, too, and that had to be significant for you as well. Absolutely. You know, and... I've seen the show enough to know that they don't just say things for the sake of saying things. If they don't believe it, they're not going to say it. I have seen situations where they've told people this isn't the right thing for you. Uh, so to, to have three of the biggest artists in music telling you that you need to pursue a career in music uh, and, and go to Nashville and, and like Katie said, play the game, you know, that, that, that really meant a lot. Uh, and I, I'll, I'll tell you, and this this won't surprise you based on what we were talking about earlier with the, the first audition I did, but I was pretty sure, I couldn't be 100% sure, because you never can be, but I was pretty certain it was going to be a no, but I didn't okay. think it was going to be a good no, and I didn't know that there was ah. such a thing as a good no. You know, I just yeah. I just thought that they weren't really going to be interested in it, because I, I saw so many hmm. people that day who were just phenomenal singers. You know, and I was talking before about Lauren Massetti. She's one of the best singers I've ever heard in my life. So, you know, especially when I'm going in after her, I'm pretty certain it's going to be a no. But for it to be such a positive, encouraging no, and for it to be no to Hollywood, but yes to Nashville, which is really where I should have been for years. And I've just kind of been getting in my own way all this time and not giving myself a chance. Man, that, that just meant the world to me, you know? Absolutely. And of course, Katie is so entertaining. I, I just really, really enjoy her uh, as a judge. And, and Luke just seems like such a genuine and sincere guy. I enjoy him, too. Boy, when that man talks, he just sounds country, doesn't he? Even when he's not singing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I think we've both got that affliction. <laughs> well, a positive no. You know, I, I, I was actually thinking about that, Ryan, was that, you know, that may have been a no to Hollywood, but it was a yes to continue onward with your singing and music and 
And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, I wanted to ask you, your conversation with uh, the contestant consultant or contestant coach, um, Bobby Bones, you had, uh, you know, this was aired right before your audition scene, and and it was rather extensive. So I have two questions for you. How did you manage that, or how did that all come about? Obviously, you are a or were a podcast host and that played into that, but how did that get set up? And uh, what was your um, thoughts in general speaking with Bobby? Well, I had started that country fried show, uh, country fried, the podcast as a way uh, to kind of have a local part of the, the Ken Burns country music documentary that I was talking about earlier. And because I had, you know, I, I had a journalism background and I had uh, such a strong music background and I had really kind of done that before, albeit not anywhere near as well, when I was a little kid and, and kind of trying to do my own internet radio station. Remember when internet radio was a thing before they really cracked down on it? Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and anybody could start their own 24-hour broadcast. There were a lot of services that, that did that for free, but Sure. It turned out that they really weren't so good at paying the royalties, and I, oh, I didn't know yeah. what those were when I was 12. But <laughs> That is an issue. That is an issue. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, you know, it, it was something that I really had wanted to do for a long time, and that was a perfect situation to do it. And when I auditioned for American Idol, after the, uh, the Nashville thing for the producers, uh, they take you into a little room and, and talk with you and try to get your – uh, background story, and they'll take a couple pictures of you. And uh, so I was talking with one of the associate producers, and she was asking what I did for a living. And I told her about the podcast, and and she was really interested in that. And she said, "So, if you had the opportunity to interview Bobby Bones, would that be something that would interest you?" And I said, "Absolutely, let's do it." <laughs> so uh, I, I, I got a call. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. I, I got a call. Uh, that next week, because again, it was only about a week and a half before I went out to Savannah to do this. Uh, and I got a call that next week and she said, uh, bring your podcast gear because it looks like we may be able to make the Bobby Bones thing happen. And I said, all right, sounds good to me, which, uh, you know, I, I think it maybe surprised them a little bit that when they said, do you have your podcast gear? I said, yep. And they said, where is it? And I pulled out my phone. <laughs> so that that is your uh, cast gear is, is is your phone your smartphone yeah well That's and it. you know it it was just practical for a lot of reasons because you know i i did have other gear that i used that you know i had a little a, a nice zoom uh handheld audio recorder that you could plug four mics into and you know you could make that thing sound great but in certain situations it wasn't practical to bring all that and I had done quite a few episodes from Country Fried on my phone. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people forget that nowadays you can use your smartphone to do a lot of stuff and it'll be pretty good quality. Yes. And uh, as, as, you, as you know, we can always fix it in post if there's, that's right. <laughs> if there's, in post if there's ever a problem. That's, that's absolutely my best right. friend, post-production. <laughs> oh, amen. Amen, brother. But... Uh, that's what I did for the Bobby Bones thing. So I pulled my phone out of my pocket and I said, this is what I use. And Now you uh, had a microphone. Oh, I, I thought I noticed a, a black microphone. Is that what you plugged into your phone? Well, that, that was purely cosmetic. Ah, <laughs> got you. Got yeah, you. It, it's, 
they said, well, that, that may not look so good on, because, you know, what what I do is I just hold the phone in my hand, and, you know, as we're talking, whoever's talking, I'll lean the phone a little closer their direction, you know, but it, it really picks up the audio really well, and, uh, you know, like like I said, I can take out certain frequencies, like, you know, if, if the wind is really bad, which it was that day, especially on the on the roof of that hotel, the wind was hitting us pretty hard, so I can pull out certain frequencies that might be a problem in post-production, but... Uh, well, when we actually went to record it, they said, just put your phone here on this little table in front of you, and we'll set the shotgun mic up on a stand uh, behind that to where people see that and think that that's the microphone, which the audio that you heard on the show on uh, American Idol, we both were mic'd up. So we had the, the lav mics on. I see. Uh, so that, that, that audio was, was going to be really good to begin with. And it was a uh, wonderful conversation. But- I mean, uh, I, I thought you, once again, you did a great job with, uh, you know, asking Bobby some questions and, um, you even, uh, you even, uh, were pretty sly with, uh, well, let's just say hypothetically, <laughs> someone is going to audition for <laughs> the judges. What advice do you have for them? <laughs> yeah. You, you know, that, that, um, that, and that, that's part of the way we, we talked about it a little bit before we started, uh, recording, but, uh, I, I got to tell you, when I got up there and, and, and they said, okay, we're going to bring Bobby over, he was just about to go to lunch. Oh, okay. And anybody else in his position probably would have said, because they, they went over and asked him, Bobby, would you mind coming over here? We've got a guy that wants to interview you. We think it'd be really cool. Anybody else in his position probably would have said, no, I'm going to go to lunch. I'll do it later when I get back. He said, yeah, let's do it. That's and so I, I really, absolutely, I really appreciated that. Yes. And he came over and just while they were getting everything set up, and I know they weren't recording any of this because, first of all, you didn't see any of it uh, the other night. And had they been recording it, I guarantee you they would have showed it because it was great. But they were still setting everything up and, and getting all the cameras ready and the lighting and the mics and everything. But he just sat down and started having the most genuine, inspirational conversation with me. And, and just was extremely encouraging and and just one of the most sincere people I've ever talked to. And Good it's God. the same guy off the air that you get on the air. And I was really proud to see that, which, again, Bobby's from Arkansas. So we, we immediately had that in common. And, <laughs> you had that uh, in you, common. you can always compare Arkansas notes. but uh, That's right. But, and I always enjoy seeing him on the show. He's so good with the contestants, and I enjoy his style and presentation. And and your conversation actually extended way beyond what was just aired on ABC and on your podcast show, Country Fried. Folks can actually listen to the entire conversation, and I wanted to be sure to to inform my listeners out there that they can go and listen to that full conversation with Bobby. And uh, absolutely, the uh, the Bobby Bones episode is up there on. Uh you can go to facebook.com slash Arkansas PBS, uh, or you can find it on YouTube, too. Those are probably the two easiest ways to get it. I, I know it's also on iTunes and a few other outlets, but uh, it uh, should be pretty easy to find. But, but yeah, man, i, I got to tell you, it was just a great experience being able to talk with him. And I, I got more time with him than I thought that we would have time for because yes, everything was just a- so busy that day. and. Yeah, you had a very extended uh, segment on the show. Now, I, I mean, I you probably never anticipated that result. Not really. You know, I, I again, I was nice. kind of 
Yeah, I, I was of the thought that they may not show anything because they've got so many people who auditioned for that show. And there's only five episodes where they show auditions. So, you know, to, to get in there is, is pretty tough. And I, I wasn't sure that I was going to be shown at all. Uh, although when <laughs> my, my parents were with me, of course, you can see them when I'm uh, about to go in the audition room, then when I'm coming out again. But uh, when, when we got there, we got there about 7, I think 7 or 7.30 that morning. And when we finally got up to the, the roof of this hotel to, to sit down, they said, all right, everybody, we're going to have an American Idol dance party. And I had no idea what, what that meant or, or what, what in the world it was. All I knew was I was overdressed and it was hot and it was, <laughs> you know, and I was probably about to make a fool of myself, whatever it oh was. My. But I take every opportunity possible to make a fool of myself. I, I, I enjoy it very much. <laughs> well, but it happens to me when I don't intend it to happen. So don't feel bad. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the same with me. I've just learned to embrace the fact that it'll show up when I least expect it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but but they they did and they ended up showing that on there my my little Great. dance moves which I'd I'd be more than happy I do offer dance lessons but they're free because you'll figure out quickly they're not worth anything. That's I stole all of my dance moves <laughs> from David Lee Roth and Jed Clampett, which is an interesting com combination there. But uh, yeah, they, wow. they showed that uh, from the from the dance party, which I wasn't really. I was just kind of standing in the back because they ran through that sure. song twice. Uh, and I, I don't think they've used the song that we danced to uh, on any of the episodes yet. I, I haven't heard it at least, but uh, I, they played through that song twice. And the first time I was just kind of standing in the back, clapping my hands. And, you know, there's all, all these kids who are my age and some of them are even younger who are out there and they know all of the hip dance moves and all of that. And, I, I don't really, like I said, Jed Clampett and David Lee Roth, somewhere in the middle, you've got me. <laughs> so that, it's, it's, that's, that's a bad sign. But well, uh, I really appreciate with, you sharing your behind the scenes experience on American Idol. I did want to ask you about Ryan Seacrest. You shared the pizza story and that was a, a fun story. I have to tell you that <laughs> um, people often ask me, you know, who inspires me as a host Yes, I have an acting background, but I just became a podcast host a few years ago. And I say, well, I'm kind of a combination of Larry King, so old school, with more of the modern edge of Ryan Seacrest. You put that together, you add in who I am as an individual, and you, you have uh, this result, so to speak. So he has a, a, a positive influence on me as a host. Uh, I especially enjoy him during you know, the Oscars and on the red carpet. He does a great job. A lot of positive energy. But is there anything else you'd like to share about your experience um, with Ryan Seacrest? Absolutely. I, I will ask you, have you ever had a chance to meet him before? I have not, but I would sure enjoy that someday. You would, and you would be very pleasantly surprised at how cool he is. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you the, the story that just absolutely put him in my book as a good guy. Please uh, do. Thank you. He, he, he is uh, really, and I, I, I think everybody would agree with this, he is a celebrity among celebrities. He's, he's just a huge public figure. The guy's got like four successful shows. Anything he touches pretty much turns to gold. He's been a big star for a long time. And uh, when, when we got there that morning, again, about 7, 7.30 in the morning, 
Uh, my parents and I were the first ones on the elevator. It was just a, a small elevator in this hotel, so they could only take a few people at a time. And there's like 14 floors of this hotel. Well, it stopped on the fifth floor. And the doors open up, and there's Seacrest with his assistant. And he's got his you know coffee cup, and he's got his ball cap on backwards and his jogging suit. And uh, I thought when I saw him that we were going to be asked to step off step off of the elevator so he could get on and ride by himself. Because, again, he's a huge star, and normally in that circumstance, anybody else would clear the elevator so they could get on. Well, instead, it wasn't even one word spoken. He just hops on and starts talking to us. And there's no cameras or anything. He just started talking to us, wanting to know who we were and where we were from and, you know, how we enjoyed Savannah so far and just the coolest guy, you know. And uh, throughout the day, he even remembered us throughout the day. And uh, I probably visited visited with him three or four times during that whole day and night. And, man, I got to tell you, he was the same, just like Bobby Bones. He was the same off camera as he is on camera. So in my book, Ryan Seacrest is a good guy. I'm, I'm very happy to report that. Re- really appreciate you sharing all of that. And thank you so much. And I have a lot of respect and admiration for him. And I sure hope I, I do get to meet him someday. You know, if I do, I'll, I'll be sure to mention you, uh, uh, by the way, just so you know. Well, I hope he remembers me. We, <clears throat> excuse me. We, we <laughs> threatened, sure or, or I threatened, rather, that uh, maybe one of these days we could have live with Ryan and Ryan. I, I'm I not like sure that that, uh, that he'll go for that, but uh, he he seemed to be okay with the idea at the time. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. I like that, Ryan and Ryan. Well, see, I, I told him that uh, <laughs> on Twitter after the show aired. I said. Hey, here's an idea. Next time you're out sick, just have me come in and, and co-host in your place. You don't even have to change the name of the show. It's still live with Kelly and Ryan, <laughs> just not the same Ryan. We can bamboozle some ticket buyers like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to be tweeting our conversation to both Ryan, the judges, American Idol, ABC, you name it. So uh, my hopes is that he'll have a chance to listen to all that you just shared about him and I, I sure hope that happens absolutely <clears throat> excuse me yeah they're, they're just all really good nice people easy to work with I, I just can't say enough good things about everybody on american idol it was just a great experience well make a talented and generous people no doubt about it and, and ryan let's go back a little bit here well actually let's go way back how did your love for music first start you know, it was really as long as I could remember. You know, I, I started actually trying to see myself as a musician when I was probably three or four. Uh, and from the time I could remember, I would always listen to George Jones. And if it wasn't for George Jones, I don't think we'd be talking today because George Jones was the guy that really made me realize that I wanted to do this for a living if I ever had the chance. Uh, I, I, when they would ask what we wanted to be when we grew up, I used to say George Jones. Because for, for some reason, I didn't, I didn't have my mind wrapped around the fact that you can't be somebody else, you know. And most mm-hmm. kids would say, "Oh, I want to be a Power Ranger or whatever." And but I said, "George Jones." George Jones. Now, that that's right. Now we could cut out the drinking years, maybe. That that was a little <laughs> rough. Although he got some, he got some dang good songs out of that. But, sure. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> George Jones was just it for me when I was a little kid, and. 
uh, of course, the, the country music of that time in the 90s, Clint Black and Garth Brooks. And, yes. Uh, oddly enough, I didn't really get into Travis Tritt until years later. I liked his songs when I heard him as a little kid, but I never delved deep into his catalog until I got a little older. Uh, and he became a huge influence on me. But uh, I got my first guitar when I was probably four years old uh, as, a, as a Christmas present. My mom got one for me. And, man, I beat the ever-loving heck out of that thing. And uh, I thought that there were six strings on it, so that way if you broke one, you had five left. I didn't know <laughs> that, I didn't know anything about tuning, tuning a guitar or anything like that. And, uh, didn't really get serious about playing until I was about eight. And uh, I decided I wanted this black Stratocaster copy from Walmart. It was a first act guitar. And the reason I wanted that one is because I knew that Glenn Campbell played a Stratocaster. Oh, wow. And again, yeah. Glenn Campbell's from Arkansas. There you uh, go. So I, yeah, so that, that's, uh, that was what really got me a little more serious about playing guitar. And probably a year after that, I saw this show on VH1 called When Kiss Ruled the World. And from that point, that was what I wanted to do. You know, I, I wanted to play rock and roll all night and deuce and all, all of those, you know, classic rock and roll songs. And I, I was just all about kiss for years and years. And so I kind of joke that I guess I was somewhere between George Jones and Ace Fraley. <laughs> <laughs> if, there's, if there's a happy yes. medium to be had there. Wow. <laughs> so electric guitar at first was kind of appealing to you. Absolutely. And and I played rock and roll and, and heavy metal actually for years. And, uh, you know, I was a big fan of, you know, Motorhead and ACDC and Judas Priest and Black Sabbath. Oh, wow. And I'm still, still am, you know, uh, I actually got to see Judas Priest a couple of years ago for the first time. They're, they're one of my favorite metal bands, probably in my top three for sure. Uh, so, that, you know, that, that was a lot of fun. The country boy in cowboy boots going to see Judas Priest. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was really, for, for a long time, that was all I did. And I completely abandoned country music during that time. And I thought, man, I'm going to be a, a, a big heavy metal guy, and this is what I'm going to do for a living. And it didn't take long and, until I realized that that's not really where my heart completely was. I loved playing it, and, you know, as a guitar player – it's a lot of fun playing that kind of stuff, but I really started missing the songwriting of country music. I started missing the storytelling and, and the emotion of it, you know, and, and there's just really nothing like it. Sure. So for a while, when I started performing as a solo artist, uh, which would have been 2009, uh, and, and you mentioned this earlier, uh, my first gig as a solo artist was at the Arkansas, Oklahoma State Fair in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Yes. I had 30 minutes of time on the, a little free oh. stage called the Dr. Pepper stage. I, I got a whole 30 minutes that, that I could play and uh, put together a, a set list of, you know, I think my, my first song was Good Morning, a, a Blackfoot song, which Blackfoot, okay. uh, people know Ricky Medlock. He's with Leonard Skinner now, but, uh, uh -huh. you know, Blackfoot was a band I was a huge fan of, still am. And mm -hmm. from there, it was just a, a mix of hard rock, heavy metal, country, blues, bluegrass. You know, Buddy Guy is a huge influence on me as a guitar player. So I kind of had a little bit of everything, but as a solo electric player, it didn't really work. It, it took me a few years to kind of realize that people didn't really want to hear that. You know, solo electric guitar and, and singing, there's not a big market for that. And so eventually I kind of picked the acoustic guitar back up and, 
thanks to my stepdad, my uh, my mom got married to my stepdad in 2009, and he really stepped in and, and became kind of the father figure that I had really never had growing up. And uh, he he was in a bluegrass band for years called Exit 81, and we just really had that bond of music. And he introduced me to bluegrass, which I hadn't really known anything about, you know, uh, which you would think coming from Arkansas, I would have known all about bluegrass, but I hadn't really been exposed to that before. So adding that into my playing just really changed my world. And, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of comparisons to be, ma- to be made between uh, bluegrass and heavy metal. I don't think that a lot of people would really think about that. But as far as lyrical content is concerned, there are a lot of uh, parallels that people maybe wouldn't think about. And the musicality of it, you've got to be in good playing shape to play a fast bluegrass song just like you would to play a Metallica song. It's just really demanding music. But uh, you know, adding that into my playing just changed everything. And uh, as an acoustic player, I kind of tried to figure out where I fit in. And I finally figured it out in 2013, I believe. During the fall of that year, I went to a guitar workshop hosted by a guy named Tommy Emanuel who is an Australian guitar player, uh, one of the only people to have the uh, certification of uh, CGP, Certified Guitar Player from Chad Atkins. And to me, he's the best guitar player in the world. A lot of people agree with me on that, but I just really was blown away by the way this guy played. He would play the the rhythm and the lead and the bass and and the, uh, the percussion and everything at the same time on one guitar. He did everything by himself, and it sounded like a band up there. And at that point, I really kind of started studying his playing more and realized that if I could work a little, even just that attitude, because you know, I'm not, I'm not a, a good enough player to be able to do all of that, but if I could just take that approach to everything that I do and, and just combine all of my influences together and have that approach of, okay, I don't have a band, so I can't let there be any holes in my music when I'm on stage. I'm the only one up there. So I've got to I've got to fill this music out, and I've got to make it sound like there's a, a, a full, you know, not necessarily full band, because some songs are just made to sound like one acoustic guitar. You know, it, it doesn't need to be cluttered with a bunch of stuff. But it, it really did motivate me to become a, a better guitar player and and to really kind of rework my sound into something that would work as a solo acoustic act and and try to do something that I hadn't seen before you know because usually solo acoustic acts well not usually I shouldn't say that but sometimes you you walk in and you see somebody just kind of stumble up on stage and they've got an acoustic guitar with them they'll plug it in and they plop down in a chair and they just kind of phone it in you know they don't really do anything and they don't play much. They'll strum a few chords, but it just seems kind of lazy. And I hated that. You know, I, I wanted to do something different. And because of the influence of Tommy Emanuel, I figured out the direction to go with that. Thank you for sharing all of that. that that's just wonderful insight. I did uh, learn something interesting about you, and it actually touched my heart. And speaking of George Jones, I believe uh, on your podcast – the one that you hosted, I believe you mentioned um, being in your grandfather's truck, listening to country music, and, and I think in particular, Joan, George Jones. That's right. Riding around on uh, their little farm. At, well, I say little farm. It was a huge farm. 
uh, outside of a town called Bluffton, Arkansas. And it, you know, that's that's out where if you watch the movie True Grit, and Maddie Ross says that she's from Dardanelle in Yale County. Well, they're about 30 minutes from Dardanelle. Uh, well, actually, maybe more like 45. But uh, it's 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 over in that part. They were in Yale County. Uh, and, and you get far enough out there, there's no cell phone service. Uh, not not really. Nobody really has Wi-Fi or anything. You know, everybody just kind of enjoys that simple country lifestyle that you just don't find anymore you know and that was always like going to disneyland for us as kids going to grandma and grandpa's farm uh, you know we, we would just have the the biggest time just going out there and and jumping from hay bale to hay bale and, uh, until i fell off of one one time and then i decided i needed to be a little more strategic with my hay bale jumping and <laughs> but, but it, you know it really that was a huge part of, of where I got my love for music was listening to George Jones with grandpa. And, you know, he, he had his, uh, you know, Merle Haggard tapes, George Jones tapes, uh, Mel street, uh, just on and on. He was such a huge fan of country music and he still is. And, uh, he's, he still got, uh, you know, his, his hard drive of his mental hard drive of country music lyrics is far past what I could probably ever have. He, he's just, such such a huge fan and he's he's almost got like a rolodex in his mind of all these old country songs and you know I, still to this day he'll he'll mention a country song it just something will pop in his mind of you know have you ever heard this song and he'll sing a few lines and it'll be something i haven't heard before but i'll immediately go home and, and look it up and uh, i'll end up finding i remember my favorite of all of those was uh, he mentioned this song that johnny russell did called ain't you even gonna cry uh, and it's it's just a beautiful song, but I'd never heard it before. And it ha- had it not been for Grandpa mentioning it, I don't think I ever would have. But uh, yeah, ab- absolutely, Grandpa is uh, just a huge influence on the on the fact that I'm even doing music. And you know, it seems like a lot of people in Arkansas have a good Grandpa story. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I kind of got both sides of it though, because when I would get back from riding around the farm with Grandpa listening to George Jones. We'd walk into the house and grandma would be listening to Rod Stewart, you know? So I, I got, you know, there, there was definitely a little bit of everything going on musically. So I, I think that was a big part of why I had such a wide variety of influences. Such a nice uh, story. Thank you, Ryan. That, oh, that warmed my heart even more. I really appreciate you sharing that. It's, it's so uh, interesting how people can influence our life on down the road with just those type of memories and, and situations. So thank you. Absolutely. I want to take this time to uh, give you an opportunity to inform the listeners out there how they can listen to your music. What's the best way that you think that they can listen to your music? I know that I've been listening to you on Spotify, but I believe some of it is also available on your YouTube channel as well. That's correct. I'm kind of, uh, getting more into the, the digital game for, for a while, I would just press my own homemade CDs and sell those at gigs. But, uh, here in the last several years, I, I've really kind of tried to make sure that my stuff is available in, in as many places as possible. So absolutely. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Google play, pretty much any major digital outlet for streaming or downloading. Uh, and even some that are maybe not as well known, uh, but it's uh, just about anywhere that you could find music for streaming or downloading, you should be able to find me. 
I also do have, uh, you can go on my website, ryanharmonmusic.com, and uh, get information on it. If you want a good old-fashioned CD, uh, you can either order one online, which as of the time that we're taping this conversation, uh, I actually have to restock my distributor because the, the response, again, to the whole American Idol thing and to my music has just been absolutely amazing i never expected it in a million years but the the good problem that came out of that was the warehouse ran out of cds so i've got to send them a few more so I, <laughs> i've never had that problem right before absolutely i've never had that problem before and i may never again but uh, I'm, I'm sure enjoying it right now but uh if you want to send a check or a money order through the mail i've got the address on there where you can get it to me and i'll be happy to get a cd right out to you uh but other than that i, I try to make it pretty easy to find and as always, if you're having any trouble finding something or if you're having trouble downloading it or anything like that, you can always uh, find me pretty easily on Facebook or send me an email, and I'll be happy to help you out. And I will have some additional information over on the Hollywood and Beyond social media pages, uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, so folks can also go there to learn more about you. This has just been such a fun and delightful and and very uh, enjoyable conversation. I really appreciate it. Before we conclude, I did want to ask you about a, a specific title of a, a song that you have. I, I just want to know I, what I, the I have a feeling I about. know which one. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, why don't you take a guess, uh, Ryan, because I bet you can figure it out. Uh, w- would it be a song about a dog by chance? Yes, sir, it would. <laughs> you know man the the way that that came about uh was just kind of again one of those things where i happened to have a dumb thought that turned into well a musical dumb thought is what it turned into but it's fun if nothing else but uh the the way it came about was several years ago uh, i had kind of a short-lived summer relationship and you know, after that ended, about a week later, my dog died. And I, I kind of joked to somebody, yeah, my life is really turning into a country song now. And then it hit me that a lot of people, especially, you know, you go back to the 90s. And uh, if you're a Garth Brooks fan, you probably know that he did a show in Europe in the 90s where the host was really kind of making fun of country music. And, and he, he, he stuck up for everybody in country music pretty well. But she said... Oh, you know, country music, just songs about, you know, my dog left me and you know, my wife left me and then my dog died and, you know, my my truck broke down and all of this stuff. And I, I've always heard that stereotype, and I think a lot of people have over the years heard that stereotype about country music, but it finally hit me that nobody had written that song. Nobody had written the song about, you know, my wife left and my dog died and he broke my heart. I figured out after I wrote it why nobody had written it, because it didn't need to be written. But it's fun to play, (laughs) nothing else. (laughs) And the title, just in case folks are wondering, officially is, You Left, My Dog Died, and My Heart Did Too. I mean, that really sums it up right there. So well done with that title. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have yeah, an important I'll tell you. I'll tell you real quick just uh, yes, something about right that ahead. song that was uh, really interesting. Is In 2018, uh, NPR Music actually put that song on a playlist of dog songs. They, they were promoting the Puppy Bowl. It was, it was uh, the week of the Super Bowl. And so they, they went on Spotify and made this playlist of dog songs. And mine was right under... How much is that dog in the window? Arr, arr. 
(laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is something else, my friend. That is something else. And now the podcast that you host has come to a conclusion. And I wanted to mention that to people, but I strongly encourage them to to look it up on Apple Podcasts or other listening formats. Uh, the, the interviews you have on there are very, very en- enjoyable. Uh, I wanted to be sure to mention that. You, you do a great job as a host. So if you ever go down that path, I just want to encourage you with that. I thought you did a very appealing job. Well done. I did want to ask you a very important question. So the judges, okay. Luke, Katie, and, and, and Lionel all suggested that you go to Nashville. May I ask if you are going to Nashville? You know, if you would have asked me two weeks ago, I, I would have told you no. And if you would have asked me Saturday, March tw- or February 29th, I would have told you no. But after that show aired uh, on American Idol, which is weird because you would think that I would have decided that after the audition was over, but... It's it's almost like I didn't really hear everything they said until I saw it again on TV and, and was actually able to, to just sit there and kind of soak it all in. But sure. I got to tell you, with, with the response that I've had, and I've had people in the business reach out to me, and I've just been so fortunate with this whole thing that, uh, you know, I, my original thing was I'm going to give it a one-year plan. You know, a, a year from now, I'll move to Nashville. But I couldn't tell you why I picked a year. That was just a number I pulled out of nowhere. And I think that was just another case of me trying to stand in my own way and kind of try to put off doing it. But I got to tell you, after the response I've received to all of this, I think I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, I, I think it's time for me to, to give myself a chance in this business and, and see if there's something I can contribute. But uh, it, it kind of feels like if I don't at least try to do something in Nashville right now, Maybe I never would if I didn't take that chance now. So uh, I'm happy to report that I'll probably be doing a little bit of business across that Tennessee line here before too long. (laughs) I want to wish you the best. I'm going to be cheering you on, Ryan. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, man. And and thank you again so much for having me on the show, man. It's it's just been great. And you've been very nice to let me talk for what probably felt like hours and hours, but man, I just, I love to talk and I love to tell stories. So this has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed every moment and I want to thank you so much. I also want to thank all the listeners out there for joining me today. What a wonderful guest, very talented uh, individual as well. I'd like to uh, end things with a, a quote that is found over on Ryan's official website. I think it says so much about it. And he says, and I quote, I'm here to play for you. I've learned that time is something you can never get back. So if you decide to spend your time seeing me perform, I owe you a good show. I won't settle for anything else. And that unquote. And that says so much about my guest today. This is host Stephen Brittingham, and I'll catch you on another episode. I saw that look there in your eyes, like there's something on Darling, won't you tell me 
What could it be? The world must be too hard to find. Everybody goes through this. Some things you just can't fix. We're just wasting precious time. So if you're gonna leave me now, tell me is it worth the pain? Tell me, do your tears fall like rain? If we're going through with this, do we settle for one last kiss? Honey, I saw it coming, but that don't make it right. I knew this would happen. Just didn't know it'd be tonight. Are you riding these in Arkansas by yourself? Yes, sir. You got a van? Are you gigging some? I just play solo every chance I get. You're 24. Yes, sir. Have you ever considered moving to Nashville? Yes, sir. I sure have considered. What's holding you up? I put the dream aside, mm-hmm. and I focused on a real job and didn't really mm-hmm. give myself a chance. Whether I fell flat on my face or not, but just to at least not go out of this world wondering, well, what is well, you're 24, and when I was 24, I had a real job. And then when I turned 25, I got tired of having a real job and moved to Nashville. To be writing good quality songs by yourself down in Arkansas was a tough thing to do. In Nashville, the competition will up your game. I think you ought to really consider that one day. Your voice is pretty dang good. I, I just trying to wrap my head around is it American Idol stuff. Ryan, I think you have something to build on. You have a great voice. Well, thank you. And I think you got so much personality. I just think you need to keep carving it out. I think you're a couple years away from really being able to work that magic dust, you know? Let me just say this to you. Trust yourself to go to Nashville and get into business. You can circle the pond. One day you got to jump in the water. Yeah. You want to take a vote, guys? Yeah. I'm going to say no for this trip, but an optimistic no. Yeah. Because you got it. I'm an optimistic no as well. Luke? Nashville needs good old country guys like you. I think you, you got a little place there. You need to play the game. Yeah. But uh, I'm a very optimistic no, too, but I want to encourage you to, man, you know, don't let people tell you stuff and let time pass you by. Man, that's that. That's the best no I've ever heard. <laughs> it really no, is a pleasure you, to meet no, we you. Mean that, Thank you we so mean much. it though. Seriously. Right. All right. You. We take Thank care, you. man. Well, a lot of times we just go no. <laughs> Ryan? They hated me. No. No, that's impossible. <laughs> no, it was. You know what? That was the best, probably best thing I've ever heard. He's a Grand Ole Opry host. Yeah. He could sit there and host oh, a Grand Ole Opry right now. They said it was an optimistic no because they want me to go to Nashville. <gasps> really? Yeah. They, they that's said awesome. that's where you belong. Yeah. So not Hollywood. Not Hollywood. Not Hollywood. But to Nashville. But to Nashville. So baby, close all the doors. What are you Want you desire love that gets you higher, burning both ends of the key.
candle by the heat of this midnight fire. I do. I do have to ask you. So yes, go right so you're, ahead. You're in. You're in California. Yes. And I, I know your last name is Brittingham. That is correct. Yes. I have to ask: Are you any relation to Eric Brittingham of the band Cinderella? Well, that's a great question. I am not, as far as I know. I'm pretty certain I am I, not. I just had to ask. <laughs> but that would be certainly awesome if, if I if I indeed was. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're one of my favorite rock bands. So as, as soon as I saw Stephen oh, Brittingham, yes. I said, "I got to ask if he's any kin to Eric Brittingham." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that I am, but that, like I said, that 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 would sure be something else if I was. <laughs> Absolutely. Send host Stephen Brittingham your comments and questions to Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. That is Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon.